When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to the Talking City podcast from the Manchester Evening News, the revamp cup special to kick us back off underway. I'm the new host, Rich Fay. I'm delighted to say I'm joined here by Stuart Brennan and by Ian Cheeseman. Good afternoon, fellas. Right. Yeah, afternoon. Afternoon, Rich. Wembley delight for City yesterday. Perfect cup final win for City, the first of hopefully many under Pep Guardiola. First of all, your thoughts on the Wembley occasion? City, good. Arsenal, woeful, perhaps. Yeah, Arsenal was certainly woeful. Uh, and everybody's, it's been a bit, bit too much focus on that, I think. I mean, we've all seen Gary Neville ripping Arsenal apart, and, you know, quite rightly as well, because I thought they, they, were, they were pretty awful in the second half. But, you know, I think City probably deserve a bit more credit than they've had so far. Um, I, I thought they won it without really hitting top gear. You know, they're perhaps in third gear at times in the second half, but they, they went through most of the game in second gear. You know, you kind of think, what what would it have been if they'd have hit top gear? Um, we, myself and Ian were talking on the way back from Wembley that uh, De Bruyne hadn't really played yeah. that well. You know, the star man, um, and, and the, the man of the match was the centre half. You know, all season we used to see. Him, um, been a great attacking team, but it was a defender who won the man of the match. Yeah, and of course, there's us butt in there. Only three shots on target from City yesterday, all of them went in. Arsenal had two shots on target themselves. They had two on target. Yeah. I'm staggered by that. Yeah, I don't I remember the yeah. shots on target. Yeah, I think the first one was early on. Wilshire fed Ramsey, and then Aubameyang. I think it would have been given offside, but Walker sort of slid it's in. Not I think, a shot on target, I think the stats might have been very generous to Arsenal <laughs> yesterday. And also, possession. City only had, 50, I say only, 54% yesterday. In terms of Pep Guardiola's side, one of the lowest perhaps they've had this season. Arsenal, well, obviously, were going to try to dictate the play more when they went behind. Sloppy defending for the first goal, but like Stu said, Ian, City perhaps not getting the credit they deserved. No, and, and I think uh, the fact that the possession stats were down perhaps shows that City, as, as Stuart said, weren't quite on song. It seems a strange thing to say when you just won the cup and you won it quite emphatically by three goals to nil. But they weren't as I've seen them play a lot better than that uh, this season in, in many many games, and even in you know games like I don't know Crystal Palace away, yeah. where they didn't come away with three points, they probably played better than they did yesterday. There were little pockets and little phases where because of the quality is throughout this team, where you just sort of dazzle a little bit by it. I can't help being that way. I mean, obviously, uh, I'm as much of a fan as I am as a journalist, so. To me, there's a sort of a lot of emotion goes through watching yeah. a game as well, and uh, I can't deny that there are times when I'm sitting there watching City and and really sort of, as I say, wowing really, uh, and, and thinking I don't know how they do that, and that that's exactly why I go to football. Uh, okay, I, I I sit in the press box quite often, so I can't say that's what I pay me money for. But if I was a, a paying spectator, the thing I'd want people to do in front of me is do something that takes my breath away. And there were little moments of that in the game, um, and certainly Vincent Company being the hero that he is, scoring the goal, yeah. celebrating like he did. And the fact that you know Aguero and David Silva, three of the original 
Galacticals, if you want to call them yeah. that, who came in and, and have been through the, the whole journey since City's rebirth, for want of another expression. The fact that they were all pivotal to the game had it added to the emotion, but yeah, the performance wasn't quite quite the same. And, and the other thing I, I'd say, you asked at the beginning about the sort of what happened, you know, stuff around the game, not just the game. And I've been to the Wembley finals that City have been in and semis and playoffs and everything down the years. And uh, of all the finals um, and big games like that at Wembley, I would say that the crowd, this isn't in any way being critical, by the way, but the, the City fans, because I talked to a lot of them on Wembley Way, were more low-key than, than ever. Um, and, it, and it felt more of just another game. Now, people who weren't at Wembley and watched from further afield might not quite understand that. Um, and again, it's certainly not meant in any detrimental way. But I remember when City first got into the Champions League, uh, a game against Barcelona would be, wow, Barcelona are here. <laughs> and people would be taking pictures of Messi. Yeah. And he even felt that the club, to a certain extent, were yeah. a little bit yeah. in, in awe. Whereas for the, the first time I can think of, City were in a final with a trophy at stake yesterday. And yet, it felt like, yeah, this is a means to an end. This is a game to win the trophy. And the actual occasion isn't quite as overwhelming as maybe it once would have been. Yeah, maybe that's got something down to the manager, Pep Guardiola, who's just raised the standards and made maybe made City really believe that they are one of the top clubs in Europe, like, like the players on the pitch dictate. I mean, the whole ethos around the club has lifted to a whole other level, really, with Pep's introduction. As you were saying that, Ian, I'm going to ask you this, Stu. Vincent Company's goal was perfect. I guess the performance could only have been capped off if Yaya had added to the score sheet as well, but company's goal, the celebrations, is that the moment of the season so far for City? In a lot of ways, yeah. I mean, you could almost feel the fans willing him to score. He was going up for set pieces and the fans were singing his name, yeah. you know. Otamendi was there as well, who's just as likely to score from a set piece. Uh, but the fans were singing his name because he just means so much to City and understandably so. I mean, I talked to him uh, afterwards in the mix zone and uh, he was still buzzing with it then. You know, you've got to, this is a man who's sort of taken Manchester to his heart. You know, he, he came here ten years ago. Uh, he's married a local girl. He's got he's got a couple of little Mancunians himself now, as he as he freely admits. Um, I can imagine it, there's not not many footballers who do this, but I can imagine him staying in this area once yeah. once his city career is finished. Um, and he, he just genuinely does. He likes the city. He loves the club. Um, he's just sort of become part of the fabric of it. Um, he gets the city fans, and the, the city fans get him, and it's, it's a it's a special relationship. You know, there's not a lot of players. You think of all the great players, City. In fact, you mentioned Yaya there. Mm. I mean, the city city fans do love Yaya for what he's done and some of the great things he's done football wise. But there's always a little bit of a a minus yeah. with Yaya because of the antics of his agent, and at times on the pitch he doesn't he hasn't always looked like he's 100. Yeah. Company has been 100 in everything he's done since he came. The moment he set foot in the club. You know, in terms of playing and training, and when he's speaking, you know, speaking on behalf of the club, and that 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 whole package makes him a legend. He always says the right things. He's an intelligent, eloquent man, uh, as well as being a hundred percent passionate, committed, and very good footballer. Um, and I think all those things together just just me. I mean, the, the city fans sing. You know, we love you more than you will know. And that. that he will know it though better than me as yeah. a City fan that 
that that is a genuine you know a lot of football yeah. songs you just you just sing whatever you feel like singing don't you as long as it rhymes and it fits the, it it fits the tune it. but I think that, that Vincent Company song is absolutely yeah. spot on they do and uh, Vinny does know it really because he you know he, he, he loves it and he, he sort of reciprocates that love and that's what made that goal such a really really special moment I want to ask you a question because uh, obviously you you t- we talked about this a little bit and, and I know that the quotes from Vincent have been very powerful in the aftermath of this game and you've been reporting those in the evening news but you also spoke about the fact that ahead of the, the Basel game Vincent was sat with Pep Guardiola in a press conference, you were there, I wasn't at that um, and we know how intelligent and what a deep thinker Vincent Company is mm-hmm. and we also know that Mikel Arteta is at the moment the one you would think Pep might be grooming uh, to be perhaps his eventual successor, albeit that there's also talk of a new contract for Pep and an extension fairly soon. But I wonder whether, given his age and given the, and you, you tell people who are listening to this, the, the body language between the two of them at that press conference, mm. as you saw it and I didn't, I wonder whether Vincent might be somewhere in the future also a contender to be a successor. We might not think of him that way at the mm. moment. But he's got great intelligence, he's got the adoration of the supporters, mm-hmm. he clearly loves the game, you're talking about him staying in Manchester, and if Pep, from what you were saying to me, was sort of like looking at him, giving sort of, hmm, you know, <laughs> sort of knowing uh, little shakes of the head and that, I wonder mm-hmm. if that could be something that we see happen. Yeah, yeah, I mean, one of the things that, that Vinny did say, um, I, I was listening to him being interviewed on the radio this morning, and he, uh, he talks about working with Pep as being like going to football university for 10 years as well so he's obviously he's learning at the, uh, at the and this is a man who, who knows how to learn he's, he's done a, a business degree at Manchester University while he's been here as well as being a, a football legend he's also a, a man who's sort of taking a business degree so he knows how to take stuff on board and how to use it he's, that's what we're talking about his intelligence but that, that press conference yeah I, I was I was quite taken with that uh, to the point where I wasn't overly listening to what he was saying. <laughs> Luckily, I was recording it, so it didn't really matter. But I was watching Pep's reaction to it. because was you, that one of the days you actually put your recorder on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually figured out how to work it. <laughs> press the right, press the right button this Occasionally time. Occasionally, he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, it has been known. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the greatest, greatest technological wizard out there. But, um, yeah, I mean, and the background of it, of course, is that you probably sense this as well as I have, but since Pep came in... He, He's so intense and he's so committed that he wants everybody to be like that. And when company has, has sort of played a game and gone off after 10 minutes or after 40 minutes or, or whatever, you get the feeling he just gets frustrated with, with company. And it's like, well, why can't you just get fit and be available? He's no good to me if he's not available. And uh, we, we ask him about it. As, when he's been asked, has Vincent got a, a future with the club? His answer, his stock answer has always been, well, yeah, he has because he's got three years left or two years left on his contract or whatever it is and it almost feels like he's sort of saying I want to get rid of him really because he's not a lot of use to me he might be a club legend but I want players who are going to be there available for me all the time and you do you do sort of you have felt that all along that perhaps he hasn't learned to appreciate com- what company brings to the club um, off the field as much as on off it off the field as much as on it but now, whether 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 it was that moment or whether it's built up to that moment, but in that press conference, you could see Pep listening to what he was saying, and to me, he was sort of taking it on board and thinking, actually, this guy has got. I'm, I'm sure he's already he'd already spotted it, but 
it's not the kind of thing that they would do. You know, you wouldn't get Pep Guardiola and Vincent Company sitting in a room <laughs> together uh, and Pep saying, well, what's your philosophy? What do you think about City? What do you think about where we're going? Because that's not what he does. He has his own little coterie of, of people around him. And, and, and Vincent wouldn't be, you know, he'll talk to him, obviously, but he won't talk to him intimately. But all of a sudden, he's sitting next to him and listening to Vincent talking eloquently and passionately about where City are and what they need to do. And the fact that uh, some, somebody asked it, somebody asked Vincent, um, you know, is this City team uh, better than the ones you've played in before? And he said, well, we'll only find that out when we've won something, you know. We've got to win stuff to, to be better than the Mancini team, the Pellegrini team, because they, the tro- they won trophies, they won league titles. Uh, and he said, but not only that, it's where we go going on from there. We can't just sort of win the title as he as did with Mancini and Pellegrini. They won the title and it was like, ah, oh, there we go, we've done that. Let's, uh, what do we do now? He said it's a case of winning it and then keep winning it. You know, that, that, is, that is what the, the true test of whether it's a great team or not. He was talk, talking about all these things and Guardiola was listening to him quite intently. And he, and he wasn't nodding and he wasn't sort of, you know, going... I can't do it on a, on a podcast. <laughs> he wasn't giving facial expressions that would sort of say, "Yeah, you know, that's that's great. I really." Like. But I got the impression from the body language and everything that, that Guardiola was thinking, "This guy's got something here." And I didn't think, even though Company was in the press conference, I didn't think he would play against Basel the following night. But he did. Him and Otamendi were the two. All of a sudden, Company and Otamendi are Pep's first choice centre backs. Mm. They played against Basel. They didn't play against Wigan because he thought he could get away with it. They play a cup final, company and Otamendi. So I just think that perhaps Pep has got got him fit again. He's seen what he's got to offer as a player, but he's seen what he's got to offer beyond being a player. He's, he's sort of perhaps f- recognising now that company is far more than just a, another centre back at Manchester well, City. That is a great insight because you and I have, have stood in tunnels, talk, and we've talked to him for maybe ten minutes. And it's a strange thing to suggest, which you are doing, which I agree with. <laughs> no, it's, no, I agree with what you're saying because you know, that that Pep and company wouldn't necessarily sit, or certainly Pep wouldn't sit and listen to company talking quite that the way we would listen to him and ask him questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, why would he? You know, because he's the manager and he's got a lot of players to deal with. Whereas you and I, when we get a one-to-one or two to one as it would be you know, with a player we're hanging on every word and asking him questions and listening to what he's saying mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't occur to you but it's true isn't it and that, mm-hmm. that, that's a great insight yeah yeah. and I think it's a good point you made there Stuart the, the preferred defensive partnership at the moment is Ottomendi and company company has been he's kept three clean sheets in his last three appearances from City City, City have kept four in the last seven so it says everything that the partnership those two have established on the pitch really and he's proven a lot of people wrong again company I think perhaps he might have been buoyed on by those words that Pep said maybe that there are a few doubts over Vincent company and everyone knows that when he overcomes his injuries he's one of the best in the Premier League if not right up there to be the best defender in the Premier League yesterday well on the weekend this when City played we saw a couple of other players make a comeback Gabriel Jesus came back from injury Phil Foden made a cameo as well Fantastic to see those both involved. Gabriel Jesus is back as the first choice striker, would you say, when he's back fit? Or do you think Sergio Aguero still is? Well, in, in, I don't think there's a first choice striker. Um, I think it's different, first of all, different tactics necessarily for different teams. Um, I think in Basel away, for example, um, 
I'm not saying that Company and Otamendi are not the two best mm. defenders of the four. Um, that, that we can come back to if you want. But I think he picked those two because away from home in Europe against a team who are likely to be quite confident and have the crowd behind them and come on to them, that two strong, decent players, relatively speaking, in the air, whereas Stones and Laporte are both seen as great footballing yeah. centre-halves, but not necessarily as strong physically as the other two. Now, you might argue that in a different type of game against a different opposition, that it might suit better the Stones uh, Stones. Yeah. Laporte type combination I don't know that's for people to debate but um, in the same way Jesus and Aguero in one game it might be that you want that explosive pace and that that poachers goal scoring from Aguero whereas in a different game Jesus offers something completely different in my opinion which is all about mobility Mm. again not saying that Aguero doesn't work but that Jesus' ability at this stage in his career anyway is more about moving around and creating space yeah. and being pass, part of that fast passing whereas Aguero he's learned a bit to do it but he's still mainly focused on being on the end of things yeah. and, and scoring so therefore certain types of games you might play Aguero sometimes you might play Jesus still might play with a false nine and neither and others you'll play them together and that, that's what Pep's good at yeah it's, it's strange in, in our business it's a funny thing that we always see it as one or the other. You know, yeah. it, it, Jesus comes in, everyone says Aguero's out the door. <laughs> Alexis Sanchez are looking to buy Aguero's out the door. It just doesn't work like that. You know, a top club, sitting at a, a huge club and a wealthy club um, with two strikers. You know, you think you, yeah, United, you, United, really United, when United won the treble, which is what City have been trying to achieve this year, they had four. Yeah, you know, so you need three is an absolute minimum, yeah. I would suggest. So, you know, Aguero, there have been, you know, I know City fans hate this because whenever you write a story about it, whenever you write a story about Aguero, um, you know, there being a doubt about whether he's going to stay at City. The City fans go mad because they love him so much and they just want to stay forever, which is understandable. Uh, And I I resist it. If I don't think, if I think there's a lot of nonsense being taught, I will not write the story. But in the last two years, for the first time, I have written the story that uh, there is a doubt over Aguero staying. The, the fact that he started talking to journalists and discussing his future, which he hadn't done previously, other than to say, no, I'm staying, it's rubbish, I love City and I'm going to be staying, I've got a special relationship. That's always what he said in the past. In the last two years, there's been a couple of occasions where he said, well, it's up to City. I don't know, it's up to City. Now that, for the first time, introduces an element of doubt and it's obviously Aguero not being sure himself but what he has done, his response to to Jesus coming in, has been to up his game. Like you said, you know, he, he's taken on board what Guardiola wants. And he's become a different player. Uh, he's still got all the old goal scoring attributes. In fact, he's scoring more, I think, now than he. You know, he's on he's on course to have his best season in terms of his goal scoring. Um, so Jesus coming in has upped his game. It's, it's not it's not it's not becoming either or. The two of them. Are bouncing off each other, they can. They've shown they can play together as well now, which mm. a lot of people thought they couldn't. Um, but Aguero's been been the what he's he's done the donkey work for the last few few weeks while Jesus has been injured, uh, and now he'll get a rest. But of course, as soon as he gets a rest <laughs> and Jesus comes in, Aguero's on the bench. 
He's going to be unhappy. He's going to leave. And it just isn't the case. Say, you know. Thursday, of course, City are at Arsenal again, and you would think that after after playing all these games in a row, Guero, if Jesus is seen as being fit to start that game, yeah. i.e., play basically ninety minutes, that could very well happen. We don't know because it's very hard to predict the manager. But you know, the, you know, absolutely, the headlines will be. You know, Jesus is, is the number one because he's come in. But City then play Chelsea on on Sunday, so then it might be that Aguero comes back in, and well, you'd have nothing to write about. Him, <laughs> you know, stuff well, like I, I mean, I'm not holding myself, but I only write it if I think I think there is, and I think there has been an element of doubt. But I think the way Aguero has responded, and the fact that Guardiola has responded to the way he's responded, tells me that that there isn't an imminent departure yeah. you know I mean it could change if, if, if they go out and bring in Griezmann or some other striker in the in the top striker in the summer you know and then he doesn't play as much well you never you never know you know but what is he 29 and he's still yeah. banging goals yeah. in why, why would you want to get rid of him there's that many games anyway yeah. they're, they're all going to play aren't they even like you said then Steve there's very few people who could replace him at yeah. all and the goals that he offers and Absolutely. of course um, he, he spoke to us back radio yesterday and said that his, he thinks that the Carabao Cup win could help City on to Champions League glory and he sort of said that we've got a good chance this year or next implying that he's planned to stay around for the next year and hopefully if they don't win the Champions League this season that he would go again next year yeah. of course also on Sunday 199th club goal for Sergio Aguero one off another landmark at City I guess sort of looking ahead we indicated there that Gabriel might play one of the games this week but Arsenal Thursday Chelsea on Sunday will Sergio Aguero have 200 City goals this time next week yeah it's only five minutes seems five minutes ago we were talking about him beating Eric Brooks record which is yeah. what 178 crazy so he's got 22 goals since then you know he's, he's just piled, there was that stat I mean it's probably gone by now but there was a stat that in couple of weeks ago he'd scored more goals in 2018 than Chelsea yeah it's just it's just ludicrous and then people are saying you know he's he's got he's on his way why would you because not only is the goals it's the other side of it as well as you know if you go to America on tour you go to China on tour the big posters that are up advertising City being there they're all Aguero he is City's global icon you know, he's not. He's possibly not the best stupid. best you know player. That. Yeah, they do. They do. The, the club are absolutely. <laughs> I mean, this is why. If you if you ask the club, you know, whenever there's a rumor about Real Madrid are coming in, Barcelona are coming in, uh, PSG are coming in, the club will say, "Well, if they, if they're asking about Sergio Aguero, they can forget it because he's not for sale, not at any price." And that that is the beauty of being City. People say that players have the price, but you know, you can imagine PSG saying, "We'll give you three hundred million for him," and City saying. What do we want three hundred million for? <laughs> you know they haven't they haven't got shareholders to keep happy. They haven't they haven't got a, you know they haven't got an owner who's greedy for money. He's got more money than he'll <laughs> he'll ever need. Um, um, they, they just they just there to have a great football team. And Aguero is an integral part of that, and it, it's just perfect. Two quotes this week: one from Aguero uh, saying he's he's very happy, and uh, as long as he's got a contract at Manchester City, he doesn't want to go anywhere else, mm-hmm. which is a quite defining one and he, he did an interview by the way in English after the League Cup final which uh, very strange for him to do on in English but that's it and he was smiling all the time and De Bruyne of course was quoted as, uh, or his agent I think was quoted as saying that you know he could have earned more money at Paris Saint-Germain mm-hmm. uh, but uh, he preferred to play in the Premier League uh, where it was like a Champions League final every week 
playing against Chelsea, United, Arsenal, Tottenham, the lot. So what, what was what I'm, I suppose in just backing up what you're saying about it, it's not just about the money. Mm. It might be to certain individuals, and maybe Sanchez was an example mm. of that. But in, but there are still players out there who yes, they're all motivated by money. We're not stupid, but who actually have other things that matter to them. And uh, I, I think I can't help think I can I can't prove this, and, and only in retrospect will will we know for sure. But it feels to me of City, that City, not just Pep, because he's only been there for a year and a half, but generally as, as an organisation, have this very um, ethical way of dealing with players uh, behind the scenes that, that is not made public. And I can't help thinking that Aguero's been told that once that they'll, when he comes to the running down his contract, they'll let him go to Independiente mm. in Argentina, which is where he wants to go. And play out his career there, and not just try to screw some other club for the most money and restrict his his development. You know, his, the final years of his career, and it feels like David Silva is in the same type of position that they've said to him: "Listen, once you and, and, and us feel that the time is right, we will say thank you very much for everything you've done and let you go uh, to those clubs that you want to go to because we'll honour our side of it as well." Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that about about. Yeah. What I perceive at the moment, yeah. unless of course in another year or two, it goes to uh, somewhere like Paris Saint Germain, and that yeah. never happens. And I go, well, got that one wrong, yeah. didn't I? But that's how it feels to me. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think that's the intention. You, you can't always do it because things change in football. Like you say, you know, he, if he's not in the team, he, he might he might change his mind and, w- and want to go somewhere else to play. And that, that that goes for any player. Yeah, you know. But but yeah, I, I, I get that feeling. We saw with Abaleta City made a big fuss of Abaleta leaving. So you think that. They won't want Aguero to go and slip out the back door quietly, will they? You know, they want him to go with best wishes and everybody to feel good about it, as he did with Zabaleta. And, and obviously, we're talking about the cup final here at Wembley, and uh, it's slipped under the radar because City won comfortably in the end. But the manager was determined to stick by Claudio Bravo to to give him his moment in the spotlight. It worked out perfectly for him. Um, you know, and I've seen his social media where he's celebrating everything that he's achieved this weekend. Uh, a lot of people were putting pressure on him, trying to put fans and journalists. It's got to be Edison. What are you doing? How can you not pick Edison? But there was a decision there, and we, we heard that quote. We were both at the press conference on Friday, where Pep said, "Sometimes the happiness in the dressing room, in the locker room, as he calls it, mm. is actually uh, more important than, than even winning a trophy." Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that makes you sort of reel back slightly, especially as a fan. And think mm-hmm. what, mm-hmm. but but you know, look at look at the uh, the results of it. Yes, if it had gone wrong, everybody would have been vilifying the decision, <laughs> so, and we can't avoid that. But it, it feels as if there is within within the current club as it is, people trying to do things the right way mm-hmm. as human beings, not just as as business people but it's also a good football decision a really good football because you, you think about it say Edison you know does his knee ligaments after 10 minutes at Arsenal on Thursday night Bravo was on the pitch and playing for the rest of the season now he's going into that game full of beans and positive and optimistic and ready for the challenge the fans will feel a lot happier about it having seen the way he performed in, in the Carabao they'll think yeah yeah actually he's a good he's not as bad as he thought he was <laughs> Um, you know they'll be positive about it. The other players will be positive about it. So in terms of in terms of football decision, it's worked out really really well for everybody concerned. 
What I'm going to assist Aguero by Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> We've been waiting for Edison to do that all season. We've been Bravo. saying Edison's going to get an assist sooner or later. Bravo does it. In a cup final, that one. In a cup it. final. And yeah, I think yeah. it's also, when you talk about Bravo, if he makes any mistake, fan opposition fans especially, jump right on it. But you've got to remember, this is a player, he's not playing every week. Mm. To just go from not playing to being thrown into a cup final, a couple of jitters are, are to be expected, surely. Mm. But anyway, looking forward, two games this week, as we said. So on social media... The League Cup is apparently cursed. United won it last year, only won two of, the, of their next seven matches. When City won it in 2016, they only won one of their next five matches. When Chelsea won it, they only won one of their next three matches and were knocked out of the Champions League. When City won it in 2014, they lost their next two games and were knocked out of the Champions League as well. When Swansea won it, they won one of their na- next eight matches. And when Liverpool won it, they won two of their next eight matches. The League Cup could be cursed... I'm impressed by his statistics. Yeah. And there's only one, one way to find out is going to Arsenal and hosting Chelsea. It's a tough task for City, but if there's one team that can do it, it'll be this Pep Guardiola record-breaking side, surely. Well, they'll be without Fernandinho, probably for both of those games, and he's been a, a crucial player. And, as you say, if the, that sequence, I mean, it's not beyond the realms of possibility yeah. that City could win both, of course, but that sequence of results, regardless of the statistics that you've quoted... And the fact there's been a League Cup final could could still be winless. You know that yeah. that is not beyond the realms of possibility. In fact, as a as a fan who's been going home and away for for forty years, um, I've only ever seen City win at Arsenal, albeit yeah. a lot of that was at Highbury once in a league game, yeah. and that is the worst record I have. And I've been going to yeah. every game. Um, in my lifetime I mean Anfield's a pretty bad place and people talk about Anfield being a great but actually it's worse at Arsenal and Arsenal are now a wounded beast I mean they've got slaughtered by Gary Neville as as you said before Stuart and not just Gary Neville but everywhere they've been you know vilified and not that I take a great deal of stock by what Piers Morgan said but he's also (laughs) been vilifying him and so there's two ways that can go. Either Arsenal really as the wounded animal, as City might have done yeah. after losing at Wigan, because I felt very confident going into that cup final, bounce back and really impose themselves, or they completely collapse. And I think the game at, at the Emirates on Thursday will be a much tougher game, yeah. particularly without Fernandinho as well um, on Thursday than it was at Wembley. So, you know, that, that if, if they don't win that one, and, and then you go into the Chelsea game, and um, you know which is a tough game anyway. Then those statistics that you, you've, you know, it, it's not because of the statistics; no, it's not because of the League Cup final. But they just happen to have, you know, I don't, they're not going to go out of the Champions League the following no. midweek. <laughs> I, I predict that now. <laughs> them up from the first leg, um, so so the sequence will end there. But they could have two very challenging. Yeah. Well, will have two very yeah. challenging games now. Yeah, you, you talk. Who is it said lies, damn lies, and statistics? Because mm. <laughs> the other way of looking at it is that City won the League Cup in 2014 and then went on to win the Premier yeah, League exactly. title. <laughs> they, they might not have done so well in the, the next couple of games after the, the final, but they, uh, you know, they still they still won no. the title. Yeah. City have already proven lots of statistics wrong this season already. Yeah. Um, so I guess the final point really: how many points will City get this week? <sighs> um. I think they'll get a draw at Arsenal. I think they might draw against Chelsea as well. Mm. I just, I, like Ian said, I mean, the big downside of that Wembley's losing Fernandinho. Yeah. So I think, given that, I, I think the next two games will be draws and then they'll go on to win it 
win the title from that point. And as a fan, I mean, I don't do predictions. No, certainly not in one-off games. Um, I mean, I, I'll predict that City are going to win the league this year, but I don't think that takes an awful lot of doing. Um, You've always been bowling. <laughs> but uh, to, to predict the outcome of individual games, you just don't know what the mindset is going to be. As I say, uh, as, as important as how City approach the game at Arsenal is how do Arsenal approach the yeah. game at Arsenal. Um, and same with Chelsea. I mean, they've just got beaten by United. You know, do, do they now come you know, a week later to Manchester again? And they've really got motivation and really got a point to prove. As it happens, because of the cushion that City have got in the league, and um, given that we, we know Mendy's coming back soon, hopefully Fernandinho will be back after the three-week break in between yeah. the Stoke and Everton games, things like that, um, it actually doesn't matter. So if City were to draw the next two, yeah. as Stewart's predicted, that wouldn't be the end of the world. That could see the gap down to nine points, I suppose, if, if results elsewhere go against City. Um, but... You know that wouldn't necessarily be a problem. Although yeah. there might be some in the media who start cranking the pressure up and mm-hmm. talking about the reducing uh, gap and everything, but I don't see that as a problem because this, once this little set of fixtures are done in the league, there isn't this, there won't be the same intense set of fixtures ever again mm-hmm. this season, will there? Yeah. You know, there's the derby still to come. And but maybe whoever City get in the Champions League will might affect that. But like you said, once this week's done, two of the the bigger games towards the end of the season are out of the way, but I think that's arguably a win in one of those two games yeah. is better than the two draws. Statistically, of course, mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but a statistic for us for today, isn't it? Yeah, uh, <laughs> statistic. <laughs> we'll see. But um, thank you both for joining us today. We will see next week just how City got along. Thank you for listening to the Talking City podcast for Manchester News. You can get all the updates on Audio Boom and on iTunes. And stick with us next week when we discuss. Read those quotes as well in Stuart's article. <laughs> we will do, yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much, Susie.